New New Dun 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 Maybe if we lived north of I-10 If it was like some Dungeons and Dragons podcast or some shit Bro, I like that type of shit, man I ain't gonna lie, I'm playing this game right now It's not Dungeons and Dragons, what was it called? Crusader Kings? Nice, yo Pretty game. I used You're to play Age of Civilizations, remember that game? Age of Empires? Age of Empires And, and Civilization And Age of Civilization You can yeah. combine the yeah. What's the difference yeah. in between the two games? Age of Empires was more like war yeah, and civilizations more like, was more like you had you had like a wider array of things to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Like you could like construct like um, temples and like choose like what like religion people believe in and stuff like that. Well, right right now what I'm playing is kind of similar to this, but it's more like contemporary times based uh, called uh, Democracy Four, and uh, it just you know throws you in any like Western your you know Western country, uh, UK, USA. Um, Germany and you just have to like you know basically carry out different policies try to figure out what you want to do and you can make it into like some like fascist like you know like one party state you can make it into some like egalitarian like you know green country so like model United Nations except like within a nation yeah, yeah. With <laughs> no, that, no, and that within an exactly. RPG. <laughs> yeah. Like uh well, it's, it's like bird's eye view, you're like controlling or can you like control the peasants and like the Yeah, how does that work? Yeah. yeah I mean no, you can't do that. It's not um you, you it's not uh, an age it, break, it breaks it down into like, you know, minorities, uh youth, older people, younger people, etc. And it breaks it down mm-hmm. like, you know, people who commute, people who are retired, people in the military. And you just you know you in charge of cutting budgets, taxing people, pushing like green policy, or like you know, if you're like disarming the police, disarming the people. So obviously, if you're pushing a certain policy, it's gonna have certain consequences in the game. Yeah. So what does the game? What is the game's political inclination? If you cut taxes, like you're making it is that the, way, right? Or or is are you making it that way? Like, if you cut taxes in your democracy, does the economy, what happens? Um, Do they does it have like a trickle down economics thing? It, 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 there is an implied by there is an inherent bias which is like yeah if you cut taxes the GDP will go up or some shit, but you know. I mean, and technically that is correct, so I'm not even a, a front, but it will think that the GDP going up is a positive indicator, not taking into account that people just are not simply impressed by the simple fact that GDP or numbers like that are going up, but the real world effects of those numbers. Mm. And, I mean, something as broad as GDP, you know, and the game is not smart enough to realize, or, you know, the people who developed it, Whoever it is, you know, I'm sure they had some kind of political science, like, uh, uh, understanding or had some kind yeah. of, like, uh, some kind of so- uh, subject matter expert from that yeah. to develop this game. They have that under, they didn't, I guess they have that level of understanding or put that into the, uh, AI, which is, yeah, just simply those metrics being good or better will not make you more popular which is in the game you go oh, GDP went up you're more popular why GDP oh, so, went so, up? You're, so you're like a figurehead of this like uh, vague unnamed country mm-hmm. you're pretty much just setting the, the 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 like like social political trends okay yeah I think it, like I'm just thinking about this in the context of like uh, Age of Empires not the Age of Empires but like the utility of video games like 
I'm thinking mm. of like uh, 11th graders playing this in like social studies class and like and as like a supplement for like political science and trying to learn about more macro level like politics in that way like the gamification of education type yeah, yeah because no yeah. Cause, like, I, cause yeah. I, I work in education so like it's already like the implementation of like technology in that type of manner it's like it's like heading that way you know hmm. like, we're well, moving away from like a standard textbook freaking quiz about you know from the Benj- what, what did Benjamin Franklin do it's moving more towards like now like practical application of like these like you know, abstract knowledge because yeah. because of the technology we have, and how, do you feel like that's like, you know what, what are the pros and cons of that in your opinion? The pros is it's a, a lot more accessible for sure. It's a lot more practical. You have a, a higher level of student engagement for sure, right? Like you're speaking their lingo, so to speak, right? Um, it's utilizing like you know school funding in a way that you can you know you can directly see that there's like technology and there's like new computers and there's new laptops. I think they were saying like most schools now have like, or at a high school level have like mandatory laptops that like students mm-hmm. students yeah. have, right? So it's Which like we had heard about when I was in middle school. We had heard that like, oh, there's like a thing where like students have a laptop it's like a given laptop. by the school and they can, yeah, exactly. And I guess now it's implemented. I remember in uh, fourth grade, there was this game called Oregon Trail, yeah, I remember if that. I'm not mistaken. Uh, that could there's like a proto version of what you're saying uh um, i was like 8-bit super nintendo right it's something yeah. like that but yeah you're uh you're a settler in the game on the oregon trail moving west on the oregon right? trail moving westward <laughs> yeah and that that was the game and we used to we used to like playing oregon trail interesting interesting yeah yeah it's it's funny how like uh, these RPGs have those like uh, some I mean some of them I I know like people always tell me Age of Empires is very much more developed than like other ones. Uh, I've I mean the Crusader Kings one that I played was more developed than this Democracy one. But again, Age of Empires we're talking about like twenty five years ago, you know. So it's like the like the development of video games itself is like so interesting, you know. Age of like, Empires is twenty five years. Yeah, because I remember playing that in, like the late nineties. No know? way! That yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember that's playing like ninety eight, ninety nine, five, six years old. So yeah. It's, like, the development of video games itself is such an interesting well I mean I'm gonna tell you man I and I've talked to you know I've talked to Sean about this before which is I'm totally for banning this stuff ba- banning video like any yeah story. yeah all of this type of like bullshit which are like at least censoring all of it which is like yeah you can't be like you know blowing shit up you can't be like shooting up like you know like like Call of Duty. Like yeah, anything. that specifically, okay. bro. That is like okay. some toxic shit. I feel like that is why people are so like, you know, just like people are insane and they've always been insane. But like this shit is just like, in, like ha- not having this stuff taken out of society is insane. No, I, no, the, like, I see what you're saying because like people really like uh, paint the topic with a wide brush when they say like video games are bad for children. Like you hear that like buzz like topic all the time, you know. But I'm like, you have to differentiate. Of game like Call of Duty, which is definitely leading to like a desensitization of violence and for sure some military propaganda tool, as opposed to something like Minecraft. Like most of the kids that I work with, like love Minecraft, and it it really is a a game that's like building, you know, like like fundamental basically engineering skills and like having them, you know, like 
engage it's a it's a very cooperative game also so it's like you know increasing social reciprocity in like yeah. a more altruistic manner than like fucking call of duty is where <laughs> you're like yeah. you're all like incentivized to pretty much like do nothing but just rampage kill people you know what I'm, yeah. you know what i'm saying and also the behavior people have during this yeah. is like insane like you know, people like you know yelling screaming, Dude, like, that yeah, yeah i have raged so i i play call of duty mobile and the, the tell, rage tell us, tell us well rage i haven't story. played it for like several months right but i used to play it i played it for a good like at least a year right and like yeah you're playing it's 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 fun and whatnot you've got you know your your friends you're all playing online um but yeah no, speaking to the rage thing dude people get pissed i mean i've lost my cool a, a couple times at mm. least a, a, a few times yeah and uh and yeah yeah, and you you lose your cool while you're killing people, virtually. So now you're an angry guy with a gun, virtually. Yeah. And now you want even more to kill more. You you you're trying to kill the guy who killed you, whatever you know the case may be. Wait, ha- like, have you been able to like introspect and see like whether your own behavior has changed externally? Do you, externally do you, do you no do you see yourself like, getting more like uh irritable do you see yourself getting nah worse? nah 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 what what call of duty what cod mobile was for me especially during the pandemic it was like escapism and we talked we've talked about escapism before but it was like you know there's all this crazy stuff going on in life but i can play this game and in this game like there is no crazy stuff it's just me like except that it is crazy doing, as well. but it is crazy it is crazy right but as as in like you yeah, know it's, it's just so insane and that is like the, no cra- crazy as in like in my life as in like the stressors and things yeah, that yeah, are of, course, life, of course right so call of duty cod mobile was basically a de-stressor for me um Ooh. and not again not to, yeah it, it very it was very uh it's very therapeutic common for men. this is one of the reasons why men love watching Ooh. ufc mixed martial arts uh, very very physically intact sports you know football like you know people colliding with each other freaking wrestling and things like that and conflate that with like a, you know like a serotonin like you know, yeah exactly or like, exactly you know like whatever like you know different like chemical in your brain's going on you're conflating these like things where like the excitement the relief of like All of shooting it, up like yeah. someone in a game yeah and that that kind yeah. of like uh you know chemical response like there's an actual thing video game addiction i i had a i took a class with this guy years ago who went to rehab for video game addiction like he was oh, inpatient God. rehab a whole program i'm just interested always it, it, well, like it was that's, that's so it was video games but it was uh that's interesting to me that's yeah cool. it was called tech addiction the rehab thing was for tech addiction generally yeah well i have a friend who might have that shit too where that was not at that level i, I can imagine i can imagine what you're describing where a guy is just like you know bunkered up in it's his room. 72 hours they oh don't my. get up from their chair it's such like, a con- the, 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 it's these it's, people end up like shitting themselves like it's crazy yeah I've yeah. heard this. this is a common like gamer thing. No, it's just it's interesting to me like, what is the threshold when like the symptoms exceed it into becoming a disorder, versus it mm. being just like a normal. If a a sixteen year old is playing freaking eighteen twenty hours of video games on a summer day like most, a large percentage percentage of sixteen year olds are doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like at what. At what line do we draw it, like becoming, like crossing over into an addiction or a disorder? It's a, what I'm saying is that you know, as like a like psychologist, like that's it's a very imprecise line that we have, and like our taxonomy of like mental disorders is itself so rudimentary. Like mm-hmm. it really is, you know, it's a very imprecise like science. 
Well, elaborate yeah. on that a bit, and like you know, also like you. I mean, I would love to know what you think about. I mean, now you got this VR, you got a meta quest. Now you could be doing this killing stuff in virtual we are doing reality. It. We are doing it already. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It. I don't play games like that. We I'll play 2K it. once we in a while. It. That, for me, was... I remember when 2K10 dro- 2K11 dropped with Jordan on the cover. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And, like, the Drake song over drops as soon as you put <laughs> the disc in. Ooh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. That is yeah, the yeah. most banging, like, amazing game ever produced. I remember that, yeah, but yeah. But we all participate crazy. in it, you know? We, we all well, I mean, I just feel like sporting and stuff. Sports games is different. And, like, you're like, okay, well, now I'm hunting deer. You shoot, you know, a kid's game about hunting deer. Is that cool? Well, again, like if it's well, like virtual that's the reality, problem with the regulation argument that, that you're saying. Like this, this game has to be regulated because it's like, you know, that's sport, that's level of like kinmanship, social bonding that like we may be getting from sports games, like a co- a cod player. They might, for them, mm. that's like their only. Well, you're playing online with your friends. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your, your friends can be assholes too, right? That's the thing. <laughs> they yeah, can be, yeah. but if you're squadding up with them, then it's y'all against whoever else. Yeah. Yeah. Other so squads. I'm, other I'm saying clans. you can regulate the technology, right? Mm. But uh. the behavior itself may be left unaddressed. Yeah. You can't draw the line, right? Yeah. Because the line will keep on moving. Because, like, I mean, yeah. what you could do with an Atari, like maybe like 30 years ago, right? It's not the same thing what a gaming console can do right now. Right where you know, like you said, people but can it, bunker yeah, down. But it is the same. But uh, but but it, it's not the same. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like I remember playing GTA One, for example, on the PS, like the Mini, the PS One Mini, and at that point, it's just like you know, like a blocker person, and like I remember, like at one point, he commits like uh, he bombs a hospital. <laughs> He yeah. bombs a hospital, Crazy. and that was a cool like you know like freaking like uh, like oh wow look at this game. It's and the game is like very like. Uh, it's like, um, you can imagine early two thousands graphics, Grand bro. Grand Theft Auto, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah the early two thousands graphics. It's literally. I mean, it was banned in certain states, like you know, and like and really so that, no show, that shows you how much we have removed, shifted away from like. Now we can have like games where you're like a freaking head, like a decapitating zombie, and like like fucking like eats children's faces, and it's like okay, I just slap an MA on that, and like you know. Yeah. So it's, I think we're interesting guinea pigs because like we grew up we were the initial exposure to like that rapid change of technology like pre pre millennium post millennium you know yeah like we were like seven eight years old when this like you know the internet like really started becoming booming you know so um, the transition from dial up alone man it's been like for me like just like groundbreaking because i'm even when someone tells me hey download this app it does this thing it recognizes your voice to do this bullshit i'm like Man, technology is technology. Like this, yeah, stuff, this I feel stuff. That. Recognize my voice, my ass. It can't even. Yeah, I have a South. I have like you know like a South Asian name. It won't even like recognize. It won't recognize shit. <laughs> and uh, now you know like you know you realize like five years later. No, if you talk to Siri, bro, it will actually like tell you some valuable stuff. You know, once in a while. Okay, cool. Or or like the you know like Cortana, whatever. They have like a bunch of these uh, virtual assistants. And. Oh, there it goes. It's oh, wow. going off right. Okay. See, there you go, yeah. man. Yeah. Tell yeah. me. All you had to say was Cortana. I think it's, I don't mean, it's not even Cortana. That's like an, that's a, one of them Amazon things. Yeah, Cortana like, was some Halo shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the interesting part. No, no, no. Part. So yeah. Windows uh, Virtual Assistant they is they called Yeah, they yeah. use it. Okay, yeah. and they also develop Halo for it. Because Bungie was bought by... My, Bungie was under Microsoft. Ah, oh, interesting. So, okay. So, I don't think... I, I think it would be easy from a copyright point of view that you take this AI, whatever... 
Yeah. You know. But you know what's crazy is is this could be the inevitable outcome. One of my favorite books is Ender's Game, right? Yeah. It's a sci-fi book set way in the future. There's this kid, I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but basically they um, train these kids in military school by putting them in these virtual video games, some mm, like metaverse okay. type shit. I remember the movie, yeah. You remember that you saw the movie? I saw the movie, yeah. And so you know what the conclusion of that is, right? Yeah. What were those video games? You... you Refresh my memory. <laughs> Spoiler, Spoiler alert. <laughs> alert. If you want to read Ender's Game, it came out like freaking 10 years skip ago. this. All right. But basically, they're in like this military school. They take these child prodigies from all over the world and they bring them there to train them because there's this war of this uh, alien race that they're going to annihilate the mm-hmm. human species and they're like way advanced and whatnot. Now, during that training, one of the things in the training is these kids are playing this VR video game. Uh, and and so that's part of it. But basically, while they're playing these training games, they're like shooting ships and this and that. Turns out, they were virtually controlling also, actual it? freaking weapons. Like some drone pilot type shit. Yeah. But they didn't know they were the drone pilot. They thought this is training to fight that war. Wow, this is very interesting. Right? So this whole thing became virtual, and just the mm. people were duped. And the kids were duped, and they turned out they defeated this alien race. And not only did they defeat the alien race, they genocided it. You're not going to feel too bad about doing that if you're playing a video game. Uh, that that brings like interesting questions on like the... The morality of like any sort of aggression you know so you, when the main yeah. character afterwards this the the uh the next book the main <laughs> character is like way in the future he managed to live like i don't know centuries or whatever and human humanity has expanded like throughout the universe that guy his name is ender he was known as ender he's like hitler because they're like, what a disgrace to the human race. We genocided this alien oh, race. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, hindsight. And he's, he is there at that time, hundreds of years after he did this, going by his birth name, and Andrew Wigan. Mm. And so no one knows that was him, but he's hearing, like, he's a demon. All these hundreds of years ago, there was this one guy, and he just did. So it's him that they were talking about the whole time? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, like some... and he was the star prodigy out of all those kids that they put in the military school. It's a that's very that's a very similar. It's like a Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Right you there. are the chosen one. Blah blah yeah. blah. You're like yeah. a, like and you, like you see that uh, you see that archetype or that like character protagonist trajectory in like many like different like cinema and like media and like symbolic like myth- mythological like motifs and like figures and things like that there's Shoot. a lot of that in film a lot of that yeah yeah mm. yeah they say like you know most like uh like protagonists are built on like six or eight similar like archetypal like thematic like elements you know like uh thor for example in thor you have like a god who shows like hubris pride and he has to like undergo this like alchemical journey where he like finds a part of himself and it usually involves like in film them actually finding something for for real so for them for him it's like the mjolnir which is like the thor like the warhammer but that symbolizes something you know a lot more than that Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know i've always made like even when i was a kid like i remember going to like like during maharam 
And when we were when we were told the story of like Karbala, I was like a six seven year old. <coughs> it's so hard to visualize, and you you need to have some sort of like psychological anchor. And I would always think about Lord of the Rings, hmm. like it was like my anchor. Oh, point. I see exactly what you're because saying. Because I saw so many similar motifs, battlefields, and heroes. and again, people might be like, oh, you can't get it. like oh, like the shirk, you know. But it's, no, no, no. As no. a seven eight year old, yeah. like, like it was a both of them were such huge just like sources of like like motifs and stories about like martyrdom and like you know dying for a, a greater cause you know so and a form of escapism for a lot of people right and for a lot of people yeah. Escapism, because, yeah like these motifs or these thematic like you know like things that we like you want to the, the storytelling i guess aspect of it right it, it really it does disconnect. I mean, and this is like a, a like tangential and specific specifically to what you were describing, right? From the pulpit, if like any priest is like talking in these terms to describe historical figures or religious figures, it makes it naturally disconnected from you and your life. It's hard to like think if if you you were to visualize Lord of the Rings as the religious like you know like like it, the religious paradigm as Lord of the Rings, you know the movie. Let's say yeah then naturally you're like well okay yeah this is fantastical this is not like as in like you know this is a fantasy and it's while it's good it's cool it has some values that i can like you know i i like and want to emulate like bravery and courage and like brotherhood yeah at the end it is a story it is uh a picture someone's painted more so than any reality or anything like you know you can as in like when you think about the actual events that unfolded historically in the in Garbala, right? These are like, you know, like r- real world pain is being, you know, incurred on like a, like a person. Let's say, you know, it's like, oh, someone's head cho- got chopped off. Someone's hand gets chopped off. Someone's leg gets chopped off or whatnot. If like, if those are real world things that become fantastical to you. I, I, I agree and uh. I agree and disagree in, in a large part. I, I disagree because in, I do believe that art mirrors reality in, in, in many ways and like the the psychological spiritual elixir energy source of art is like unquestionable you know mm-hmm. the way that music inspires people the way that media can can inspire people there is a utility to art for sure like 100 percent, you know so it's the soul of anything yeah for sure and like in many ways you know faith Yes, it's historical, it's social, but it also has a huge art element. There's 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 definitely a huge element of art in, in religion also. Religion is the for me like the total canvas that encompasses so many broader ideals, you know. I but I do agree with the fact that it can get lost in the fantastical details and the non objectiveness of it, right? Yeah. Well, it, I feel like it effectively the overemphasis on these specific things effectively distract from the principles behind the actual event, right? As in, like the principles behind Imam Hussein al-Islam's mo gets over that the discussion on that gets overshadowed by the discussion on the i guess the specific events you know or specific occurrences of like you know 
the you know heads got chopped off legs got chopped off i think those are important things to go over just to keep that emotional connection to the thing because it is something where you know it's broader than just looking at history like this is a spiritual thing this is theological um but at the same time when that detracts from like the conversation as to like the principles behind why he went on that quest what the actual significance of it was in depth that conversation doesn't happen as much and when i've i've found that sometimes when you try to bring it up the conversation just kind of goes here and there and well, sort you of mean dies like, out. you're saying that the you're saying that the symbol of imam hussein can get like stuck if you're like only interpreting interpreting it from like a very like narrow myopic like fundamentalist like interpretation yeah so for example right what the the commemoration of karbala um basically in in the disc fuck mind farting right now no well i mean i i mean just to like the you know i don't feel i feel like can is like a broad thing right like you know can like a lot of things like you know what is or at least my personal experiences since you are in like this is embedded in you at a young age if you are you know brought to it like i was you know from like you know as a kid right? all of us yeah mm-hmm. um then like it's hard to, the analytical part does not is not your exposure to it it is you know literally what you're hearing and if that is at all fantastical or has like uh an over uh, emphasis but, on but honey sorry it, it is it, it, it is fantastical though. it is fantastical in, in many ways like the way we've adopted this historical event and the way that we ritualize it we, we talked about this outside taking away our own preconceived like notions of what it is because we have so much investment in it as a people and as individuals and as husbands and as brothers you know we have so much invested in the story looking at it from the outside of course it is fantastical Hmm. I'm not. I'm not. Sure. I'm not understanding. Why the looses, is it... the processions, the matam, the. So then, the, uh, at what point does you know what the actual? I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to compare it to like some ren fest. Like that's that's not what I'm doing. Many many skeptic skeptics would do that. You know, that's their criticism. That yours is just a more evolved story. You know, that's all it is. That like you guys believe in organized religion. It's just an older story than something like Star Wars. But yeah, they're on comparable footing. You know, so many atheists are like not, they don't believe in a complete like upheaval of all like the religious structures. They just say, oh, the way that we look at Greek myths, that's the way we should start like looking at, you know, Islam or the way that we look at Christianity now, you know. Uh, so like okay. there is an element of, of, of fantasy that's palpable. Yeah, know? I think, I, think well, I mean, it's palpable. And at one point it's just become something as a, a form of escapism, like we described it. And I think, you know, it does it feels like it is more in line with that than just like the normal amount of like you know the like the we described the soul that uh culture provides mm. any uh any ideology right so i feel like the escapism part is it that it comes in because you can never actually take what these people are trying to like you know say or teach or i mean whatever the like the doctrine is i don't want to you know Whatever the doctrine is trying to teach, and it gets actually just like you know, 
on the back burner it's almost diluted mm. by uh these i see that point yeah that's uh, yeah that's that's the thought that i i was uh making was the legacy of karbala today is largely one of people remembering it and grieving it and mourning it while saying that we are the adherents of this tradition whereas the tradition was one that was about acting and you don't see people talking about well we should go about making change in society in the tradition of imam hussein it's just this was a tragedy i'm mourning it it stops it stops at the commemoration but did he kill him did he martyr himself yeah. did he get martyred so that we can commemorate his martyrdom right you see what i'm saying like mm. that movement the, the it's it hasn't really continued it died out and now we just it's a, it's yeah, think I, about it i see what you're saying it's it's difficult to calculate the net positive or net negative of like how much of a spiritual psychosocial environmental impact this like narrative has had you know it really is difficult you know because and the inverse and the inverse also yeah. because i mean so much of this like needing that escape is so it's so much based on this like paradigm that we live in right and everything has to become some kind of like you know uh like every everyone's trying to find some kind of escape from this thing so it could become your religious like you know these rituals and stuff people becoming totally immersed in it to the point where they won't even critically analyze what they're doing and that is why why because it is told it's cool to just move away from what's happening right now right uh, in the actual world and you see that also in the like you said the art it all it in, it all works in conjunction and it's uh we've talked about it many times it's like it's like a like a a critique of mine almost in a sort as a layman because i have no like i'm like the least creative person i have you know ever met uh, <laughs> but it's like like over the course of like 30 years in this world I feel like now every single thing that I see on like you know the TV go watch a movie it's like Avengers 7 freaking this is a new superhero Thor 4 or like you know no, Captain I remember like, talking about this Captain yeah. like America like, No but you know, I I I have I have to push back I have to push back cuz like someone who read comic books probably more than I read the Quran when I was like when I was like a 7 <laughs> 8 year old you know what I'm saying is yes tilted too much in one way it will naturally lead towards escapism right but it doesn't have to that's not the inevitable these myths and stories can also and, and they are they are there's no way we can regulate this these psychological motifs re re-emerging in any other context because mm -hmm. what i'm saying is that they're built on the same psychological patterns right mm. the story of thor right the fallen god who has to you know find his own honor by coming to the human world and helping humans out you know there are a litany of similar stories also found in the islamic discourse also mm. you know yes there is a huge difference also you know i'm not someone who's like just a free for all perennialist and like one spiritual discipline is the same as the other no i do believe that you know islamically our religion is still intact we still have a functioning organism of a religion you know whereas like it's not the same as a greek myth you know which which is a dead it's a dead religion you know we still have we still adhere to our principles and you know when we, we still have a resonation with the principles of our faith we haven't entered this like post 
modern period where we're like reinterpreting Islam and even though there is that happening now where people are trying to look at the Quran in like multiple ways and like I, I read recently that there's like a LGBTQ masjid opening up in Houston yeah did you read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were interviewing the lady who was opening that masjid up, and she was saying that you know, my interpretation of the Quran is that it allows for a much more flexible sexual orientation dynamic. So of course she's looking at like her faith through definitely like a postmodern perspective. You know that you can yeah. interpret it on, on multiple levels, right? So we are heading in that direction, but I think that as of now, where we are right here in 2022, Islam still has its principles intact well i mean i feel like there's like a dearth of this in in this in in islamic obviously you know in, in what we were discussing and then uh overall right where we have to go to these motifs constantly and i i mean in my opinion overuse them right and that's i guess where we disagree because we, we there is we, a we lack don't, of we don't go to them they emerge well, I mean, where that's is the connection the with material conditions, right? Because I would ask you, and uh, like say, in like, for example, let's say, in, like, you know, in Bollywood, that's the biggest in movie industry in the world. Over the past fifty years, if you take up the cinema, in the seventies and the eighties, while, and I'm not comparing one because there, I'm not comparing the quality because the movies can be good at overall, whatever it is, right? I'm saying when the emphasis at one point in one decade is the material conditions of the average person. Mm while 50 years later now every movie while the material conditions have not improved uh relatively to you know on um the art is now comprised of completely like you know either nostalgia or um the superhero fantasies i see okay and was like hey yeah it has these symbolic values of like you know bravery and these like broad terms of like you know there's a god he has like a you know like a one of those fatal, like, you know, tragic, like, heroes, whatever it is, uh, it, the issues. Um, but it would only be palatable if it was in conjunction with the other stuff that's involved. Like, th there's, like, this lack of... There seems to be this push in art and literature of taking... A, of not taking material conditions or um, into social analysis mm. and we talked about this specifically when we talked about gladwell i think you know a while yeah. back yeah and it's like hey we're going to t you know analyze the world without taking any material uh you know any uh material um uh, without taking the reality of the material yeah. conditions we're going to try to analyze the world without like the actual material conditions of the world and it seems uh, reductive and low-key um, sometimes like you know detached it seems primitive it seems like the like you know it seems like something that would appeal to like the imagination of uh, a pre high school person right I'm, I, I'm definitely psychologizing it oh no, no, no. I mean sure. I'm, and I'm not speaking towards like you know, again I'm not speaking towards anything like no that. no but no but yeah. I, the point uh, that you're making a very valid point that yeah. like the this this art this multi-million dollar franchises are being pushed with a certain agenda in place and like we have to like you know consider well, yeah. that for i sure. mean the profits are there because like people like this stuff people are reading in this country at a pre-fifth grade level right now so that should tell you about where the imagination lies right now right yeah people we grew up we thought jk rowling was a great writer you pick up harry potter right now you're like what the hell is this bullshit bro seven <laughs> volumes i cannot tell you one thing about the magical world except for they have wands up there like but but kids will, kids will keep on reading it though. 
Yeah, kids yeah. will keep on reading it. And I mean, again, we, what we push in our schools, what the teachers are pushing, what content is available to which kid, right? Because, I mean, a lot of times the books are not even available. And if they are, like, you can borrow it, can you steal them? What, what are you, how are you getting your hands on them, right? Um, if we were exposed to these, we liked them, we outgrew them because we now have more books that we, you know. Well, most people haven't outgrown them. Well, most yeah, again, like, you know, like we said, most people are still reading most below people, a fifth yeah. grade level in this country. And I'm not talking about like 50%, 51%. talking about like 70 odd percent of the people are reading below a fifth grade, fourth That's grade level. That's a stat? Yeah, I think oh, it was like Oh, damn, recent. I thought you were. Oh, wow. you find that? But, but, I, but, so, so, so what you're saying is that there's a correlation between this like regurgitative cinema that where people are consuming and they're being stuck in this type of like fantasy world and like their like level of intellectual ability. Yeah, yeah. And it's a I manufactured mean, distraction and a manufactured barrier. Why can we not explain anything without moralism? And this is an example I'm using, right, completely, and it might be a little tangential too. Why can now we, when we were talking about Bernie Sanders talking about Trump and we asked him a question and he replies with, oh, he's a bad guy, he's a liar, blah, 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 all these moralisms. This is the only way we are understanding other people is through, oh, is he a liar, is he good, is he bad? And is he brave? Is he trustworthy? Is he a nice bro- and, and people are more complex than these just characteristics, right? People are doing a lot more things. They have a lot more impact than just what they are. Like someone like Trump, for example, he could be a good guy and he's having a, or a bad guy and he's having a lot more impact than just what he is, right? So we have uh, there's this constant like, hey, well, this guy like even right now it's like, well, we shouldn't we should need to vote for the Democrats. Why? Because those guys are racist. Those guys mm, are bad people. Yep, yep, and yep. there's no other way to explain things to anyone in this country specifically because we're relying on these moralisms and these motifs to explain like you know people's humanity to each other at times. We're, yeah. because how are we putting words to this? A lot of that is is just a human thing. You know, it's it, it's when you're when you're speaking about someone, you can say, oh, you know, like oh. 75% of this person's credentials turned out to be beneficial for his constituents and like people who have a very like abstract understanding of who that person is and you know like human beings are innately social creatures and like we want to identify in like some sort of like meta projection with like you know whether you people call it like, the great man theory or whatever you know but like I mean, it's hard to regulate these type of like. You know, so are you saying it's human nature that you know to moralize every subject almost? Because in this case, you know, again, someone let's say being good but ineffectual does not help you in in a situation where power is what we're discussing. Right? We're not talking about your, uh, you know, if it was charitable stuff, then obviously you want a good person there. If it's like more like, hey, who's gonna be in power? You want someone who's gonna be effective pushing your agenda, not if they're personally good or. Let's say there's an adulterer. I see. I see it office. as inevitable. I see it as inevitable. You can you can educate our entire population at a you know PhD level, and even myself at a PhD level. I see my fellow grad students, f- f- fellow grad students, falling for the same like logical loopholes. You know. And, and you find that to be you know? human nature or something that I mean I find it to be something very much very much uh, ingrained in this political. Uh, in the politics of this country more so than even Europe right you go to Europe and like you know you go to France or Italy and you have people like Berlusconi or someone and they're like you know openly having affairs or having like you know dating porn stars or whatnot right and in this country or having like a third wife or like a fourth affair etc and and what the population doesn't have they have a uh, like they have I mean, it's normalized to a much greater extent than here, where you know, like, I mean, we I mean, but but Trump, despite all of the wild stuff he's said, 
was elected president. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, I think we have like a postmodern strain you know, of uh, society here, where like, yeah, just you know, just burn everything to the ground. We got a guy. It's funny. It's almost mm, like a troll thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, how many people are just trolling each other? Because again, this is such a fantastical thing. The it's political like the first process. Meme, it's the first meme president. Yeah, the, people voted for Kanye. Mm, yeah. People voted for Trump. Now, like, they're like, hey, Howard These Stern's nuts. gonna run. You know, Howard Stern's running, freaking this other guy. Yeah. They're going to have a bunch of... They're like, hey, Jon Stewart should run. And yeah, I saw that today. And That's it's all like, a disaster. This, it's all a joke. Yeah. This, yeah, this is all just bullshit. We're asking comedians to run, like, administrative things. Like, you know, you wouldn't... It's like me ask. It's like asking me to fix your car, bro. Some I mean. Hey, man, shit. everyone's trying to be a servant <laughs> of the people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, exactly, right? That would be our version of the Ukrainian thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, wow. we have Jon Stewart as president. Uh, Which is right. even it, it isn't even that far off after like you know like I guess Ronald Reagan was was a movie star also you know yeah. I mean I I guess what you're saying is that like the political yeah. literacy in this country is at a very like <laughs> like very primitive like basic level like and uh, literacy and, and our and politics reflect that in, in turn you know yeah I mean I feel like the all these like you know like these con- like it, since they are a little like they might seem disjointed. But they all move in conjunction while you have people are thinking through like you know like this stuff and since the inception like since like the point of in, like you know they are like uh, their intake into the process school mm. since then like you know you're being fed information in a certain way in like you know it's coded with some nihilism some political nihilism right uh, and some kind of like like you know viewing society viewing um politic viewing other people almost in moralisms or these motifs that are detached right because um i mean you can ask like uh for example why do i like you know we were talking about this right now like you can ask the question why should anyone have a kid or why should anyone have uh why a, a, a woman will ask you why should i have a kid and now i'm not saying anyone should or shouldn't right for example, it's this hyper. I, I think I think they should. I think it's like clear. I mean, we can get into that, right? I mean, I personally, I mean, again, I don't care. Like, I just don't. That's, that's not like the sentient, not the sentient point I was making. Right. Uh, I'm saying asking that in that rationalistic, over rationalistic tone, and and you having to then describe something that is intangible, which is a maternal instinct, or something so broad, mm. or something so disconnected as. Hey, it is our biological or religious or whatever you want to imperative to procreate. It seems very much like you're talking about something just in the course of conversation. If you bring that up, it seems like you're talking about something, bro. Talk about this world. That would be the response, right? Talk about something real. Mm-hmm. And talk about something real is because that does not seem real. My material conditions are real, and my. My society is real. Gun violence is real. The co- cost of a kid is real for me. Nothing else. Mm. That's what's real. Mm. Everything else, the religion, the society, what you know, how society advances. Do people get you know how if we have new citizens being created, new workers, whatever you want. They don't God, have time for their gods. Uh, none of that shit matters to anyone. They're like, hey, why do I care? I need to make my own. I need to make, pay my bills. I shouldn't have a kid. Fuck it. Can I ask like a psychological question? Like as uh, people who are forced to just like we we engage in the society like every other person, who you know, like what do you guys do to not lose hope, like to not fall within the same like existential quandaries of like this escapism nihilism? Like what what do you do? 
Hmm. Man. It's a very therapeutic question, you know, and it's, it's just, you know, I, I, I work with people who are dealing with these questions at a symptomatic level. You know, lots of depression has this like a level of learned helplessness where they feel like they're not the sole agents or have any sort of control in the world, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that feeling of a lack of agency. So a, a, a lot of our like mental health issues, which itself is such a, you know, like panacea term that people use all the time but for we'll just use it for the sake of conversation you know it is driven by lots of these like existential aspects that we're that we're speaking about you know so the role or i i see it as a, the role of a therapist as a as a mental health professional is to try and like instill some level of whatever you want to call it, call it a cognitive flexibility hope inspiration you know spiritual adeptness you know you want people to and broaden their broaden their view socially, emotionally, financially, you know, mm. spiritually, you know. So, how well, do we have? Well, I mean, how do we not lose hope? Man, I mean, I can't tell. First, I might want to get into that because I want to know how you feel COVID has affected this in people. Because people are ready to leave their jobs, leave their spouses, leave everything right now. Mm. Right? Like, honestly, like people are ready. Like I've never seen this in my life where people are just ready to like throw like. <laughs> Like, hey, I'm resigning. I don't know where I'm going. I'm not going to come here again. Or people are like, hey, yeah. man, you know, it was nice, but now I'm spending time with you. I don't like spending time with you. I'm going to divorce your ass. So I want to know for sure from you, you know, about what you think the effect of COVID has been on what you were speaking of. For me, I'm going to speak, you know, uh, man, if I, I indulge a lot with marijuana, and I cannot say that that is not a form of escapism. For me, that is literally like, hey, you know, I come back from a stressful day. I'm smoking weed. I'm thinking about some shit. And it's not even I'm getting high or anything. I'm not. I've been smoking weed for years. It's just me. It's just, I'm just thinking. I'm just doing something alone. That's cigarettes for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, I gotta step out the house and you know. Yeah. You know, wander off for a while. Yeah. And it used to but be for me a morning walk at times. I, I used to. That's have, healthy. I mean, I used to have a morning cigarette first. Yeah, I smoked a pack a day for a good two, three years, and then one day I quit because I was like seven bucks a day. Fuck all this shit. I started smoking weed. It was much more cheaper for me, ten a G, um, and then different effects too. But at one point, I I I I I got came into contact with uh, I, I, and you know of this uh, some person who was uh, familiar with Reiki, I think it's Reiki, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was a time I was going through a lot of change in mm-hmm. life in general. Um, it was a tumultuous time and a lot of like a lot of lows. And uh, when I met this person, um. I guess, you know, they did some of their Reiki stuff, whatever it is, and it really just, like, you know, I felt something tangible come off of me. This, like, dark, like, The basic of what Reiki is, right? It's just to go over that for... uh, It's using body heat, right? And I think it's, like, what they use there, like, fingertips, and they generate body heat with, like, between their skin and the person that they're working on, and through the heat there's healing is it something like that man i can i okay so again i'm gonna tell you it's very metaphysical yeah i know people indulge in that and people go to like specific facilities and centers for that for me i met the guy we were standing outside i was smoking a cigarette he's smoking a cigarette he was like hey what's going on and i knew he performed this stuff i just never believed in it Mm. before this and during this we're shamanistic right here bro yeah we're standing outside my friend's house we're both just smoking a cigarette and he's talking to me uh, about it and I told him what's happening uh, in general I'm just like yeah I feel really like you know like pissed off sometimes very mm-hmm. much like ready to go like you know like throw like 
just overall down and out type shit. Even though I'm kind of pushing, right? I'm pushing, but I feel like this. And he, uh, he's like, okay, during the course of this conversation, which totally was about, about three minutes, four minutes total. Hmm. Uh, he puts his hand uh, right, like, you know, about six inches away from my chest, my heart. And he just does something with his, like, you know, it's like you were describing fingertips, but he's like, you know, just like, uh, reads a couple of things and he's like, strange, bro. And, uh, he makes a motion of basically pulling something out of my chest and throwing it away a couple of times. And at one point I did remember smirking, thinking, what is this man doing? And the third or fourth time I felt a tangible weight come off of my chest. And I'm not a superstitious person in the very least. I'm just a little stitious. There's no science that, <laughs> but there's no science that can explain that. There's no science. You had a, you had a spiritual experience. You know? Well, you said he recited some things, right? So I can only imagine what he would be reciting would be something from his spiritual tradition. Oh, well, it was out loud. It was not out loud, so I don't know. I mean, I know it's a Japanese like practice, I guess. Yeah, or some like Shintoist, yeah. But like Shintoist, he, he himself yeah. is like you know like he's like a Shia Muslim, right? So yeah, I think he's ba- based out of Canada. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, it was, was mystical, bro. Well, at the end of the day, if he's working with energy, yeah. right, whether it's a Shinto interpretation of how to, uh, you know, use energy or channel energy or an Islamic one or whatever, I mean, that concept is pretty universal, um, regarding like the nature of things and being able to affect that. Yeah. So that could have been something that he was what he was saying may have been he may have been yeah but may long, have been a prayer yeah. an invocation yeah something like that yeah but basically he advised me after that hey man just in the morning do some breathing exercises from both of your nostrils right you know raise your hands do some stretches get your chakras right whatnot and do a morning walk man just look around you it's, it's nice get detached from your phone for a little bit and that's good it's a you know, very common thing now I realize working from home and that's going back to uh, the question mm-hmm. I asked you before you answer about you know your whatever your escapes are but uh, um, working from home I wake up I have like a bunch of emails already in the morning I'm looking at my phone screen I'm like oh, I have like three missed calls five emails what now I gotta <laughs> get this shit done my life my home office is like four feet from my bed yeah so you get up, you get on the screen, you pick, you turn it on, you look at your answer, you do what you got to do. You step outside for a smoke and your morning walk is at 12 now. Uh, you, you feel yourself getting stuck in that routine? I mean, yeah. I mean, it pulls you together. Yeah. I mean, it really, I think it really pulls everyone in, right? I mean, you got the morning traffic, you got to beat the traffic. But if you want to beat the traffic in this city, man, you're leaving your house at 640. Well, if you're trying to get to downtown, I mean... And if you're working from home, it's an issue that I'm describing you because people who are working from home usually have the benefit and like for they have the benefit of working from home even two years, two and a half years after COVID started because they are working in cushy positions. Mm. Right. So for them, you know, in those cushy positions, you wake up, you got those emails, you got that. It just sucks you into this whole like, you know weird corporate lifestyle of like, yeah. you know, oh, I have a headphone while I'm doing yoga type shit. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, yeah. Know, like, hey, that. I'm, a, you know, I'm trading stocks while I'm doing the treadmill type stuff, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, not me personally. I don't got the type of stocks, and I don't have a treadmill at home either. <laughs> and just describe, you know, the the lifestyle is described to you. You can you can tell I don't go to the yeah. gym in the morning. Do, 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 do you feel like uh, committed to your to your job? 
Hell no, hell no. I don't feel committed to my job at all. I really feel it as like a way of earning money and just running my household. I should not view it that way because it is a career. I'm viewing it as a job because okay. of my pre like, you know, conceived notions of, or like my own like, you know, baggage, I guess, my own personal experience where I'm like really so used to living like, you know, paycheck to paycheck to mm, paycheck to okay. paycheck. I'm just so thinking so it's a survival, job. survival mechanism right here. Yeah. 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 So I mean all those elements are important. So like when you ask like if it is has COVID had any sort of substantial impact on like people's mental health pretty much? Yeah, of course, clearly it has, you know, um, but also, yeah, there's, yeah, you have to look at a bunch of like covariates also, you know, like if a person's working virtually now, like you would want to understand, you know, whether they have a sense of purpose with the tasks that they're doing, you know, whether they have a sense of, uh, a closer meaningful relationship with their workplace, you know? So like, all of these different questions help you know illuminate the picture as to like you know whether a person who's having to undergo a global pandemic will have like a more detrimental effect on them you know like do they have a significant relationship with someone you know while this pandemic happened that was a huge you know a huge correlation with people who were like you know happily married you know and they had that level of social support to rely on you know people's hobbies as well you know do people have interests which are detrimental to them such as gambling pornography versus learning a new language or you know engaging in you know exercise moderate like small to moderate exercise you know so all of those all those different levels of structure impact like whether something like covid or a trauma or mm. 9-11 or insert whatever things you know, compound here things compound yeah, yeah of course yeah of course, yeah, yeah. But um, honestly, I feel like, you know, anything can be an escape if it's not working in cohesion with your, like, what you view your purpose to be or what you view your, what you think your goals are, right? What you, what you have set for yourself. Uh, like, for me, I do, I am smoking weed a lot in the morning to kind of get my mind right for work. I could smoke it to like get self, away from self-medication kind of. I mean, it's just like I have to talk to a lot of people. It makes me antsy and irritable, unless I'm high. Are you? Would you say you're an extroverted person? I now I think just because of the field I'm in, I am. Okay. I did not used to be. I did not grow up as someone who liked to be social. Yeah, much no, more. Your your comment about like having to medic, like uh, use marijuana as like a social lubricant in some sense like paints a picture of someone who's probably more like uh introverted or like less apt yeah to... yeah for sure for sure um because a super extroverted person they would thrive off of that you know they would right like wait i mean i've seen a lot of man, i've seen a lot of like you know like people addicted to other stuff in the mornings and i mean i don't know if you call that escapism but like you know Hey, to interact, to get my don't talk like for example, people like hey, don't talk to me before I've had my morning coffee. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and or yeah. like I mean, you know, I need my cup of chai. I need my chai and my cigarette. Some people are addicted to relationships, man. Like, like, like clingy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're super clingy. They have no, yeah. Well, they yeah. they they uh, that gives them their sense of like grounding exactly. or solace. Uh, exactly. And the sure. problem is that's the only thing that does, or one of the very few things that does. For sure, yeah. There's no, there's no end to addiction, man. For sure, you know, like freaking tech addiction. Tech addiction is like the worst, and again, it just gets reinforced with all this, like you know, the, like what we're talking about, the gaming stuff, tech addiction, 
like my kid like my sister had a kid and the games are on an iPad for it to just like look at stuff and like just touch it there's, and get to familiar yeah. with it. There's and no like, going back, bro. We're, we're staring at an Oculus like baby right here, games, you know? baby videos. Like there's no going, there's no going back, man. There's no going back. We just we have to continue to instill those values, you know, at a social, mm. individual, familial level, you know, so that the level of technologization that's happening. It, it doesn't have as much of a robust impact but the social bonds that that would require are being eroded by the individualism that tech is promoting your face is in your phone screen I, right and to preserve those like values and whatnot that you're saying i i personally think that community is extremely important for sure like all the whole, three of, all three of village, us are sitting here because like, we're because of our community on a based on a, the common community demographic right yeah so i feel like that is needed to combat you know this individualism and this whole like erosion yet this is eroding that community structure community structures in general but if we were talking about the metaverse like uh, uh, like right before a the community podcast, will yeah. transfer i guess to so the metaverse that's the exception to the rule people have a natural predisposition to want to connect with others which is why like solitary yeah. confinement is like the torture the most like egregious form of torture you can do on anybody you know social like, animals worse than putting like freaking electric like uh, electrocute on their nipples some people like that though you know <laughs> but we're naturally driven to form social bonds you know so this technology is acting as like like a parallel way that like young people are starting to like plug in that same system right for better or for worse certainly for worse as like people who are 30 years old over here well, like you know I, mean, I feel like you know like it, I, mean, I, I mean I completely agree with both of what you are saying I just want to just what I would insert into this the technology yeah. that you know the technology that we, we usually we always use the word the technology and I feel like the actual thing we're using is Amazon Facebook and like Google right and you're just like get, I mean most people not, I feel like and, it's and, and, and screen it's technology. Like, yeah. It's like technology yeah. copyright yeah. by those three companies. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like you're interacting with these like you know, these three like entities and getting like you know information through that right. Some yeah. conglomerate. Yeah, right yeah. There, yeah, and it, it's any type of like, if it was just an abstract, not unconsolidated like you know, technology, uh, so to speak then it would probably be like you know easier for someone to just be like hey this is like you know how it is and we need to move with it but when you see like these entities involved these like run by profit like driven by profit yeah. margins and yeah it just becomes way more just uh difficult to like you know it becomes difficult not only to like give into it but also to fight it because these entities are huge if it was something that was not consolidated Right, then it's you could good. obviously fight it, right? But right, right now, someone—if you tell someone, "Hey, you tell a kid, don't use this website, don't do yeah. this," there's no alternative. Yeah, they're like, "Well, why would I not use Instagram? You are yeah. an old guy. You don't know what you're talking about." Well, I'm gonna tell you, like, yeah, it, I mean, the world's moved to online, and somehow we need to stop some of that for sure because, you know, all this stuff like on Instagram, it. it Facebook. These people are not on Encyclopedia Britannica online or some yeah, bullshit. Yeah. They're on like these things, posting pictures of stuff, reinforcing the worst types of things online, right? Like 
plastic surgery people should just change up how they look people yeah. should just, like change like everything yeah. like to everything needs to be ch- yeah and it, it's because to make other people feel better who you don't even know right right so it's promoted this weird like the technology is promoting it yeah through these filters and like machine learning and well these like, companies are promoting it for sure but these companies have taken over this space and whatever culture is in uh, in the spa- in these spaces right so like their argument would be the content creators who upload that plastic surgery 60 second infomercial it's on them they're they're putting it out there and you consuming it as uh, a consumer you're you're being exposed to that infomercial about plastic surgery or whatever tiktok bullshit about you know whatever nah, you you're, know? you're seeing other beautiful people online and you're competing bro be a bad a hundred years ago, your competition for the girl next door was the guy who lived one, across the, one the street. Other, one other person, yeah. Now it's the dude online in Pakistan, bro. He's messaging your girl, hey, yeah. friend, what's up? So what are you gonna, <laughs> that's your competition shit. now. It's also good the, then. <laughs> it's a model online, the rapper that came up. Your girl messaged him online. That is like the yeah. thing now, right? That's a whole nother, I mean, like, yeah. The, yeah. It's like, you see all this shit. The on impacts me. on sexual, like, relationships. Yeah. Is like, this, is, this is where, like, that's it's actually nother. gone. Where like uh, people are, it's not like the infomercials. It's just being like this competition. Like, hey, this person looks nice. How do I look like that? Oh, I should make my lips bigger. I should look like this person. Right. right? And uh, the the multiverse, metaverse, the metaverse is the best best example of this because yeah, it's just new technology. You get to be a person online. Blah blah blah. It's controlled by Facebook. They're selling you shoes online for your character for 150 bucks. There, yeah. And they're making you compete for like virtual shoes now. You're paying real world money for virtual shoes for a character online. People have property worth millions of dollars that is like virtual for a character. Yeah, I mean, like for the, a game the, character. Cryptocurrency, yeah. yeah NFTs, so, man. Yeah. And the excuses we're going to go on meetings and stuff. Well, I mean, I don't know. That even sounds worse now. So, yeah. Uh, How do we come like, back? How do we come back? How do we. Man, like you, honestly, what you, you were saying is the way, which is you got to tell your, you got to teach your kid, man, you know, how to use these things as tools and not escapes mm. now you would probably be able to speak to the best how to make that differentiation or what is a differentiation where do you draw the line of like what is an escape and what is an indulgence just you know but you're also in competition you have to be more influential right than society that's caught on to these things that you're trying to dissuade your kid from you're in competition with like their friends at school and the bs that they're in Oh, yeah. When you're trying to tell your kid, don't do that. Don't go down that route. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I think the mm-hmm. example of that was OnlyFans. Like, people in high school who turned 18 in senior year, now they have an OnlyFans and they're making money. Yeah. When they're making money, now other people in high school are like, wait a minute. Yeah. Contagion. Yeah. You just pulled up in a mozzie to school and I knew you last year. And what you're doing, you're doing this. Oh, shit. I mean, Anyone uh, can do this when they turn 18, huh? Mom and dad be damned. Yeah, right. bro, what you mean? Yeah. Mom and dad need to be doing this too, bro. You pull right. up the money <laughs> Straight up, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like uh, you know, like, things which were way, way, way taboo only, like, five, ten years ago and now are becoming, like, you know, people are watching, like, incest, like, porn and things like that, you know, like, the, the so, like, the level of, like, hedonism yeah. and, like, sexual d- depravity and, like, pretty much just loss of common sense and like morality i mean it's it's i mean it's, it's evident it's evident everywhere you look you know but i think it's hypersexuality it can't be a static thing it's gonna keep going 
and and so like the more taboo the more they get to these taboos they break the taboo because they need something that's stronger that's more taboo it's sexual hate it's more extreme it's, yeah. it's sexual liberty you know yeah. like uh, lots of the like 1950s 60s like movements which were driven off civil rights also had that element mm-hmm. of like you know individual complete individual liberty and sovereignty you know mm-hmm. like the second third wave like feminist movements like really emphasize that you know like you're free to be whoever the hell you want you want to be mm-hmm. you know so like no matter what so and at 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 a critical time we needed that to like humanize people who weren't you know like who were seen as like subhumans at, at one point but we see the consequences that, that it's taken us you know like on the back end you know oh yeah yeah of where course. we have like this is postmodern world where people again we we're talking about it earlier like a lot of things we we're talking about earlier um no there's no start and there's no end which is like there is no philosophy to work around mm. and there's no ideology to work towards or work with to to an end right so uh like you said like these 50s and 60s movements now you're working in like a a diluted philosophy of like you know whatever like you know quote unquote leftism like liberty like you know yeah. like, so sexual liberty sexual it was the sexual revolution i guess sexual revolution yeah um but it it just there's no the the liberty you can like you know everyone should be equal is like a good thing you can i guess say out loud and then like someone's going to ask you why and you don't have an answer right uh that is i guess the issue with this uh um postmodern no like ideology uh, no ideology no culture and no uh um philosophy yeah, it's, I guess. It's, it's it's a social justice without any like any humanity in it like why yeah. what is justice why should yeah, we without have it who yeah. is going to administer it uh and how like, who is going to keep it it's always changing what justice is right if i told you like social justice right now is well hey man they got running water they have a fridge what's the issue well i mean that is true and maybe like you know like a hundred years ago that'd be a sign of like someone being rich but yeah. Uh, if I told you that right now, you know, it probably would not indicate to you like, hey, this person is well off or even making minimum wage. And then that itself is a trend now also, you know, <coughs> the latest social justice movement. I have people like putting Ukraine logos as their like, you know, Facebook photos for like the the month in which it'll get you 10% off on, you know, <laughs> slippers or something like that, you know. So now you're seeing this like huge convergence between like, corporatism like consumerism and like what's what should be social justice you know so it's all blending together man like yeah and moving in conjunction and and that's why you know the rot uh the rot seeps in right it's like this uh see the like anyone who thinks empire this empire or any empire falls from like this any empire of this magnitude falls from something like you know uh some paramilitary group coming in or some bullshit yeah. sleeper cell Extra nah bro this yeah. isn't like that this is not some show or this Age of Empire or some crap it's an implosion yeah. yeah it's definitely an implosion and it starts from like this type of like you know decadence cultural like decadence I guess would be the way it, it starts from right mm-hmm. like having this uh well, I mean, uh, right here specifically in America, man, we have the hubris to go with it. It just makes it even more like you know, uh, malignant. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. That's a good right. term. Yeah, but uh, I guess it also makes some for people who are critical of that type of system. 
it makes it all the more, I guess, uh, savory, man. It's, it's a very nice, like, you know, it's nice to see hubris and um, hubris having to deal with some, like, it, you know, it's always good to see a king having to deal with, like, traffic or some shit. Or having to <laughs> deal, it's like, hey, I'm a king, I'm a president, but now I'm stuck in this freaking, like, I'm stuck on the freeway, I have to do the same shit everyone else is doing. That's the path and to the same thing, bro. bro. People here, did, bro. like, we, we freaking we live here. His kingdom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, well, he did it willingly. Imagine that someone coming yeah, and grabbing you by the collar and throwing your ass Some out. French Revolution shit right there, bro. That's what's happening, bro. I mean, that's kind of what's happening here, man. We're freaking as an empire, like this country. Like, you know, we're like having to, in, we're having to indulge with like issues that were reserved for like the countries we used to exploit. But yeah, uh, the there is actually a great book that I think you know, we um, it's. It's on. Uh, it's by Emperor Puyi. Of Who's that? The last emperor of China oh, in wow. 1948. Okay. Uh, oh, right before Zedong. Uh, uh, like right before. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's right it's 1949. Yeah. So what they did, they put him into a rehabilitation center instead of like you know killing him or whatever, which is the customary thing usually yeah. for an emperor or king. They were like, hey, we're gonna put you into the center and teach you all the issues that you created. Oh. And this emperor now went through classes on all the oppression that the empire and him being this sole monarch was causing. At the end, him, he goes and starts working in the Beijing. He works in the public library the rest of his life. That's And crazy. he writes a book called From Emperor to Citizen. Oh, wow. Very good book. And I think at one point he describes it as uh, his journey to becoming a human. Oh, that's how wow. he describes it which is like he, he was like you know he his eyes were like just like like you know, he was just like crazed by the like what they what he was taught mm -hmm. about his own reign uh it's like a, it's like it's like, a, it's like a thank you letter to like mao to like thank you for opening my eyes no it's an autobiography he just talks about his own life and uh, how he grew up who he married when he did all that uh when like you know uh he was overthrown, I guess, so to speak. Uh, he had to abdicate his throne, and uh, yeah. what he did afterwards, what his what his job became. Right, he got a regular person's job. Mm -hmm. He started working, uh, uh, cutting so grass. Oh, okay. It humbled him. It humbled him. Uh, humbled him. I a mean, service yeah. job at that. A service job. Bro. Librarian cutting grass. Yeah. So I mean, very I mean, nice book, man. From citizen to uh, from uh, emperor to citizen by Puyi. Uh, I mean, and that's like you know. Like I, I was watching this video that like <coughs> the average salary for like a politician is like 80k, but then the average senator, their net worth is like over a, like gross like a, a million, you know. Yeah. So there's like a crazy discrepancy between them being hired as public servants in a sense, and like they're like how they're living, like as this very opulent, like lobbying and like you know there's like crazy amount of like stocks and like I mean it, it just it draws parallels oh yeah the fed chairman the fed chairman Jerome Powell bro everyone should google this dude go like you should look where he sold his most recent options contracts and where the market is today he sold it at the peak crazy yeah. and in the past six months we've entered a bear market from 20 percent down from that period so uh it's uh it's really it showcases exactly what you're talking about which is it's just naked in your face no one cares 
and then and, and then you have the social justice aspect of it. So like you know because Nancy Pelosi's wearing like a dashiki during like a Black History Month, it makes it okay, you know, because she can always use that moral argument, which goes, which goes back to your point, you know. Yeah. She can say like I'm for I'm for the cause, so like I'll never mind the fact that I'm making like X million amount of dollars, you know, from this like investment that my husband made for like a private group that he worked in 10 years ago you know it's like yeah oh, well the moralisms work right that's black why. lives matter fist in the yeah. air you she, know? she can she can push those moralisms on to people they'll buy it too why because making the connection between it doesn't none of these movies teach you that right they're not making the connection between no one's talking about thor's bank account or the fact that bruce wayne's an oligarch who needs to get a job you know like well you know no one's talking about these like issues uh, in the, the, the like, as it's not deeper than the surface level, even in the art and culture that's teaching these people about these. Uh, I mean, there, there, the there relationship I mean, with yeah. these institutions. I mean, there is cinema that probes to that level, you know. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, there are varying levels of art. Of course, much, of that, course. Like, what, what I'm speaking more towards what's in your face, right? Because there's definitely, like, you know, so many, so, so much stuff in the last two, three years came out against capitalism on Netflix. There was like, like the Squid Game, the Hunger, Hunger Squid Game. game. Uh, and then they tried to push this propaganda that uh, somebody in North Korea was executed for watching Squid Game, smuggling hell? it in the country, and it's like, wait a sec. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I never. I, it's just kind of kind of insane. Um, yeah, I. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to detract completely from art or something like. It's like, hey, we need some like you know cultural revolution thing. Not at all. But uh, America is a place of cultural revolutions, bro. I mean, so is China, man. Historically mm -hmm. speaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top, top down, though. You know, I would say that is the beauty of America. I mean, look, for all the like, uh, like uh, ills I have, like I always think about the fact that like hip hop came from here. You know, like you know, like jazz music came from here, and all yeah. of that was driven from the bottom up. You know, whereas like in China, sure. it was very much a top down. Yeah, we're instilling the culture within you, and like you have com like compliance comes with it, and you know, there's like these prerequisites. Mm. Whereas America, for all of its ugliness, and there's so much ugliness, you know, the beauty is always there is a beauty in the individualism that like mm. comes from that like you know, like soul development, you know, which you see in like you know gospel and jazz and like hip hop, you mm. know, punk rock came from here, skateboarding came mm. from here, you know. Yeah. All of those were like individual. I mean, the first kid who did a fucking kickflip, you know. I mean, that that kid was probably like, oh, "Don't do that shit, whatever it is you're doing." But he's probably like, "Bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna ace that no matter who tells me what, because I'm a real G." You know what I'm saying? And like, he ended up hitting that kickflip, and you know. But isn't that isn't that still culture, in a social context? Like culture, I mean, you think, I mean, changed. I mean, I'm pretty sure people in China and the Soviet Union were doing that kind of shit. Bro. They were hitting kickflips. Why would they not hit a kickflip in China, bro? Yeah, it's a very uniquely American, you know? Like, the, really? even the, remember the conversation we were having with your brother-in-law yeah. downstairs? Yeah. Like, he was speaking about the fact that, you know, like, even in the UK, like, there's this level of, what's the term that he used? Uh, Disconnection. There, make, isn't, there yeah. isn't a faith in your common man, right? Didn't you say that? Yeah. As there is over here, people are more willing for you to have, like, a small business, whereas over there... I forgot the wording he was using. You know. Well, that's because I mean the UK is a shit place of nothingness, bro. I mean, like, <laughs> what what is the industry that you're gonna? Who is gonna open a business for what, bro? What are you gonna open unless you can sell Indian food in, <laughs> in London town? Today? But it's fetishized by people over here as like you know, Europe is the great. You that's know? true. London is like you know this like 
Fantastical. Well, who's fetishizing this though? The same pop culture. You see yeah, anything? Yeah. What is this? Like Olympus has fallen, London has fallen. Bro, right. London fell like forty years ago. Yeah, no one found up. out because in our culture, it's like look at the Big Ben, look at this bullshit. I mean, we've yeah, we just Shanghai found out. And Beijing over the past 30, 40 years have become Crazy, like man. urban metropolitan, like freaking like utopias, uh, uh, whatever uh, urban utopia looks like, which is still like you know pretty bad. But as compared to like London or like. Uh, Man, what other freaking... You go to a European town that was kind of crap, huh? London probably is the worst, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, never I've never been to Europe. I've not been to a worse to European a, city than London. Yeah, I've, I've only been to London in Europe. I've, I haven't been to any other European city. Like, you can go to Amsterdam, you can go to Madrid, Milan, Paris, Oh, well, a place, a place like Amsterdam is just ahead of the curb, even in the way that the city's structured. Brussels, right? Brussels, yeah. uh, Antwerp, and, and you know, these kinds of... Like Madrid, even like, you know, countries that are relatively poor right now compared to UK, depending, how, again, how you view the belt. Oh. What 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 is the wealth? Uh, Madrid is so much better than London, bro. London is just the absolute worst city to like you know live or visit in the in the. Shout, in sh- shout out to the UK fam. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, man, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a major market right there, bro. <laughs> Some UK things. Yeah. The point that I was making, you know, each place has its own unique, like cultural, like you know, machinations, you know, so. Yeah, individualism, escapism, like there, for me, you know, there is a duality to to most things, you know, like so. Even in individualism, escapism, you know, like you can always draw meaning from even the most mundane source, you know. And I think that 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 level of like individual, psychological, spiritual adaptability is like you know that's 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 my profession right there, you know, to take people who are working debilitating nine to five jobs where they feel like they're stuck in the matrix and have them despite them being stuck in that context to try and look at a wider bigger picture you know whether that's them finding happiness and playing with their you know five-year-old son when they come home from their amazon bus driving place you know where they have to like pee in a cup because they can't take freaking work breaks you know so it's like yeah we do live in this matrix we live in this concrete jungle of where we feel like we're asphyxiated and suffocated by the system at be but as well there's always beauty you know for there's sure al- there's always beauty there's always hope and love compassion you know like you oh, know yeah. those for me those are the ideals of humanity and i think those you know? are very human things right you're always going to find that yeah no, if not sure. systemically no, then and, at least and in, again going in back individuals. going back to our belief system you know like we believe that the fitra we're naturally driven to see those you know to, to to see those ideals we're naturally driven to be good you know we're naturally driven to be harmonious and peaceful and you know godly and you know to see one each other as spiritual beings you know so you know, we can't lose sight of that you know we have to continue ritualizing enacting our religion in a more intellectual socially just so manner as we talked about it can't get stuck in this cycle of just endless rituals for no other sake than because we have to do it yeah you know but at the same time we have to also continue doing those rituals mm-hmm. also because that's because the those heart. are the things that anchor that's the heart yeah, right there you know the, yeah, that, sure. the heart man you know like yeah. 
you gotta stay away from that you know hyper rationalistic uh, you know view of this stuff because you know it is a human a human thing it can like logic game people into like you know letting go of what they believe yeah, um, and I mean you don't need to. That's not the way. To, that's not the way to do this. You know, that's not the way to live life. That's no, not the I mean, way to interact with like what's around you. There's beauty in everything, right. even if you don't believe in it. There's beauty in religions. There's, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's and we're driven, like you said, we're driven towards those things, uh, man. But honestly, between you and me, bro, I'm gonna ask you, when are you gonna drive next time down south here? Because it's been Good a minute, question. man. Because we gotta do this again for part sure. Part two, we're doing. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna do a part two for sure, man. Like this, the, the conversation flowed very easily, man. Like I felt like I'm just chopping it up with my homies right here. So that's what sure, it is, man. bro. That's that's a learning experience, is. man. Sitting sure. with you, bro. I mean, honestly, every time we meet, man, just like that uh, perspective. But that's man, that's what it is, right there, bro. Brotherhood, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Prophet Muhammad said, you know, you see. See one, see your brothers as reflections of you, you know. So yeah, that's, there you go, that's what it there is, you man. go. And I mean, speaking of you know the tech and the matrix, um, let's unplug. <laughs>